Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a best-selling author, a coach from uh, Dubai, UAE, Mr. Phil Bedford. Phil, welcome to the show. Fantastic to be here, Ashutosh, and hello, everybody. Thank you. Uh, Phil is an entrepreneurial coach. He's a rebel. He calls himself the rebel networker. He's the founder of master franchise Ascentive GCC. He's the author of several books, including The Seven Deadly Startup Sins and Branding Schmanding. So today we're going to speak to him more about his books than a lot of his other avatars that he has. But before we start, Phil, Tell me briefly about your journey from a dishwasher to a master's degree in engineering. What were your key learnings and challenges? <laughs> the, re- the reason I was a dishwasher was because I failed at school. Okay. Um, so basically, uh, uh, I didn't realize that you actually had to revise for your exams. I kind of thought you just had to know it all. Mm-hmm. So uh, when, when I turned up and failed all my exams, in, uh, I was the same as a lot of kids, you know, our parents wanted to see us go to university and, and get an education. Yeah. So I kind of put myself back through uh, college by washing dishes five days a week uh, on split shifts. Mm. So while everyone else was having fun, I was going to college. Amazing. Uh, went, went through college, ended up with a master's degree uh, in civil engineering. Uh, but I decided that really wasn't for me. So I kind of fell into business. Mm-hmm. But I would say at the end of the day, my learnings, Ashutosh, was really... You know, at the end of the day, a degree is just a, a ticket to the ballpark. Mm. You know, there's plenty of ways into the ballpark. And one of them is just drive, finding something you love, um, you know, and, and really surrounding yourself with people that you can learn from instead of textbooks. Mm. So that's what I would say. Anyone can be successful. You just need to learn in different ways. Amazing. Amazing. So let's start by talking to you about your first book, Branding Schmanding. Um, and uh, before I get into your books, are your books available on Amazon and other platforms? They are. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's the Notion Press platform in India, but also Amazon as well. Wonderful. And I believe the other ones like you know, iTunes and all that. So I'm going to ask all my viewers and listeners to go and check out Phil Bedford's books. So let's start by asking you about the book. Tell me about the book and your hypothesis to write it. Well, with all my books, uh, what I really did was listen to where people get most confused or from my own confusion in my journey as a small business owner. Uh, And branding schmanding really came about because I kept hearing branding experts, you know, obviously selling their product and they're they're very talented individuals, but a lot of small business owners were going out and buying their logo on Fiverr Mm. uh, or such platforms and saying, well, why do I need to pay, you know, $20,000 for branding i don't get it mm-hmm. and, and so it really came it became obvious that people didn't really understand what branding was and, and why it was important mm-hmm. so the whole concept of schmanding was schmanding kind of it's a made-up word means kind of nonsense yeah uh, and so the idea of branding schmanding was really what, what i saw people doing which was saying mm-hmm. i don't really get it what is it so i thought i'd just revisit it from okay. not from an expert's perspective but from a small business owner's perspective mm-hmm. it, was, it was just trying to find out what it was very interesting so uh, is marketing a science or an art? <laughs> That's an interesting one. I would say to be an art is normally something you're natural at, and a science means that anybody can do it if they learn. So I would say it'd be mm-hmm. both, wouldn't you? Okay, okay. And my next question to you, Phil, is what goes into building a successful brand? 
for me, there's a number of elements. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the most important is a couple of key things, I would say, particularly now. And that's to be congruent everywhere you show up. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you how many people I've seen on social media and they look like the most professional people on the planet. Mm. And then I'll jump on a Zoom call with them and it looks like they've just walked out of the gym and haven't bothered washing for six weeks. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, and, and that damages your brand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I think so for me, it's really being congruent, you know, understanding that it's not what you say, it's what people experience that's your brand. So it's what they say and they feel, not what you think it is. Mm. Well, it's, it's been famously said that branding is all about what people speak about you when you step out of the boardroom. There you go. Right. Uh, well said. Wonderful. So the other thing about brands is that, you know, I've often said brands are living beings and you've got to keep on investing in them. My question to you is how can brands stay relevant for a long period of time? So we had a bit of a break up there. Uh, I can repeat the oh, question. Sorry, just... uh, my yes, question please, is please. that, uh, you know, brands are living beings. Uh, my question to you is, how can brands stay relevant for a long period of time? So, I mean, there's obviously some experts. I think one of the, probably one of the best brands out there that's become relevant is Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. The way Madonna has changed over the years and, and adapted Correct. to a new client base. And, she, you know, she's remained concurrent with the people that have always loved her and still appeal to the, the youngsters, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's it really is being prepared to really keep a tune with your target market, your audience, mm-hmm. and to what their needs and requirements are. And then, you know, as long as you're staying true to who you are, of course, mm-hmm. you know, your brand has to be true to who you are. Otherwise, you, you know, you, you're something else. Right. Um, but yeah, just really understanding how people are, um, how you can connect to those people going forward with new platforms and new medias. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you said something, it's always, you always have to be investing in your brand. And I think, um, you know, one of the reasons if anyone goes back to some of my old material, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the video is not as good quality and, you know, I look different. And a lot of people take their old stuff offline. Yeah, um, I've kept it on there for a reason because I think we all need to see part of our branding journey and, and understand that we, we don't just immediately snap our fingers and we're the best. You know, mm-hmm. we can actually have a journey. Yeah, And I think there's a lot of credibility in that. Amazing, amazing. And yet, you know, you just spoke about, you know, different social media platforms. My question too is, uh, how are brands adapting to this incredible uh, opportunity and yet challenge of the digital world? Okay, I mean, you've got a broad spectrum, of course. You know, you've got people that are, are jumping on and really leveraging it, and then you've got people that aren't. Uh, and I think that's always been the case. I think um, COVID particularly has really you know, woken people up to the option of being online. I mean, I, you know, I live in the UAE and prior to COVID, we didn't have access to Zoom, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this conversation we're having now wouldn't have been possible, but, you know, um, we were lucky enough that the government had the foresight to, to free that up, open it up and they've kept it there and it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think, you, you know, I remember sitting there actually at the beginning of COVID thinking, hmm, you know, should I get the year subscription to Zoom or should I just wait and see what happens? Mm. to do the free one you know three years later nearly all my life's on zoom and 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 so i think that you know you've just got to be willing to as a brand you know again listen and see what's happening and and try and be at the the tip of the spear rather than too late Mm. well said well said uh my other question to you is that 
for a brand or whether it's for, for a consumer brand or a personal brand, how do people determine which social media platform to work with? Because there are so many of them. target market is uh, you know I believe on most of the platforms you have to have a presence uh, and, and you guide that of course by where are your customers and if you're saying well I'm only on LinkedIn because that I like LinkedIn but all your customers are on TikTok then and you're not on TikTok well good luck running a business or a brand mm-hmm. so it's, it's finding out where they are and having a presence on there really um, that would be my tip <laughs> wonderful wonderful uh, my you know next uh, the question is about your next book, which is Seven Deadly Startup Sins. Uh, tell me about your book and what made you write it. This was interesting because one of, one of, I would say one of the reasons I'm still here 14 years later in business. And by the way, my, my dynamic was when I launched a business, I had $11,000 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd, I'd had small side businesses before it was my first big business so i didn't have the investment or the experience around me that, that some people are blessed with family businesses and lots of money so i launched this business with like I said, about eleven thousand dollars in my pocket and 14 years later i'm still in business mm. now if you know this you, you i'm sure you're aware of the statistical failures of how many businesses correct. fail correct so given that really i didn't have a lot of chance but i'm here and one of the reasons i'm here is because i plugged into a community of entrepreneurs who told me, Phil, I made this mistake. I Mm. did this. I did that. And so I was humble enough to listen and say, I don't know it all. Mm. And um, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they they won't listen. So the seven deadly startup sins Mm -hmm. was really what I did is I reached out to my network and I said, okay, guys, can you share what is the one biggest mistake you made in business? And a number of them came up with three or four. Mm. But what I found was it came down into seven categories okay and so i thought you know what yeah, a little bit like your mum right <laughs> your mum says to you you know don't touch that it's hot yeah and you know well if you're really smart we wouldn't touch it but what do we do we go and touch it we get burned yeah. so so really the idea was to say to people look if you are humble enough to try and want an easier journey mm. here's all the mistakes that thousands of people have made so mm. you can at least not make the mistakes uh, although what we find is most people make one or two because they think they know it all Uh, But hopefully they'll read it before they make more. Correct. And do you want to tell us which are these seven sins? Oh, well, well, actually, they're in categories, to be fair. So under each category, there's numerous. One of them would be unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, just because I'm really, really good at what I do and I love my job and I love my passion, Mm -hmm. clients are going to walk through the door and everybody, everyone's going to, it isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Unless you're super, super, super lucky, Mm -hmm. uh, clients don't walk through the door. Mm -hmm. You know, another one would be, you know, uh, network or no work. Mm -hmm. You know, the ability to build and leverage a network to solve issues rather than trying to do it all yourself. So that's just two simple ones. But under each of those categories, there's numerous other points. Wonderful. So one of the other questions that is often asked from startup entrepreneurs is, should a founder go solo or should she or he have a co-founder? I think for both examples, you're going to see people that say this was great and you're going to get other people that say don't do it. (laughs) You know, I think the thing about doing it on your own is, you know, you can 
uh, you are the ultimate decision maker. Um, although, you know, then it becomes a little bit lonely. There's something mm. lovely about bouncing the idea off somebody else. Mm. But I've also met loads of people that have had co-founders and it's ended nastily. So uh, all I would say from my network that advised me was if you do have a co-founder, make sure you have a legal agreement on what happens should you decide to split. Uh, so you can maintain all the goodwill and you both know where your um your contribution is what is your what what are both of your contributions to that business yeah so it's clear what you're both doing what the expectations are mm. and there's no confusion so I, I would say that would certainly help partnership very stay together very but for both examples very very i agree with you but i just wanted your perspective uh the next question that is often asked is should a founder startup founder bootstrap as long as possible or should they raise money whenever it's available uh, again, I think this depends on your network and what, what resources you have available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I mean, I bootstrapped. I, I, you know, I sourced out of my own pocket. I never had a business loan. I don't owe money, never did to anybody else. So the great news is that it, it becomes tougher that way because you're dealing with less resources, so you need to be cleverer. Um, you know, there may be a stage when a business needs to get exponential growth and then you can reach out to investment. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say w- whatever level you're reaching for investment, whether it's right at the beginning or later, mm-hmm. be clear what kind of investment you're getting and under what conditions. Mm-hmm. Because there's different kinds of investors, some of whom might hamstring you and others who will actually support you. So it's also mm-hmm. really worth getting some advice on the kind of investment mm-hmm. if you're going to go that way. Well said. One more question regarding startups, and then I'll move to some other work that you're doing. Um, Another question which is often asked is, when should a startup founder start to scale up? I mean, there are, you know, there's studies that say, you know, real, okay, you've got to decide here. Are you looking at scaling up or Mm -hmm. or expanding? And there's, you know, there's certain differences in the business. Um, But, you know, you're normally looking around the sort of fifth to seventh year, I think, when businesses tend to take that next jump. Uh, But it would be certainly in a point where you can afford to handle the, you know, the excess um, bottom line uh, requirements. So, you know, if you're suddenly going to scale and jump and you have to get more employees, well, you now need more revenue. Mm. And that, what I would say, is normally where most people start looking at investment. Interesting. So take them through there. Mm. Wonderful. So, Phil, let me now move on to some other questions. You know, in my introduction, I said that you refer to yourself as the rebel networker. Um, help me understand what you mean by the rebel networker, because the two words... Uh, are contrary, contradictory? Possibly. I mean, uh, it was actually a nickname that was given to me by a, a friend of mine who was a branding guy, oddly enough. Okay. Uh, and what we were looking at was three, you know, three words that kind of described yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with networking historically is a lot of people don't really understand networking. Mm-hmm. You know, they think networking is handing out business cards. Mm-hmm. That's not networking. That's handing out business cards. Correct. You know, networking is what happens next. Mm. And people don't realize that you and I here are networking, Ashutosh. Mm. You know, when you're sat with your family or your best friends, you're networking. When you're in the gym and you're chatting to someone, you're networking. When you're at a business event, you know. So networking is when we're with people. Mm. And if we are in those relationships in a way of trying to help each other, that's, that's a great way to network. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, people didn't see that. Uh, the other thing is in a personal life, I used to like to do slightly crazy things. So I, I used to teach kite surfing, you know, I jump off bridges, I do 
you know, things that people wouldn't expect. Mm. And my friend says to me, says, Phil, you're a bit like the rebel networker. Mm. You know, you're challenging what people think it is, but okay. at the same time, you love it. So that's where it came from. And it just stuck. Wonderful. Wonderful. You're also uh, the master franchise of Ascentive GCC. Tell me what, what is this and, uh, you know, what kind of work do you do there? So Ascentive is an entre entrepreneurial-based uh, consultancy company uh, based out of Switzerland, Ascona in Switzerland. Uh, we're 19 years old and we are in currently, I think, 15 countries globally. So in, in a nutshell, uh, you know, we are a franchise base. Mine is the GCC and I'm, cons I'm regularly, by the way, looking for people to work with. So anyone else that wants to start a business and get involved with what I do, reach out. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it sort of sits in the space really Ashutosh that it solves the following problems many small businesses when they launch they have two or three core challenges number one they tend to have limited money to get clients mm -hmm. okay and so leaning towards how do you get clients when you have limited funds is our niche Right. We, we, we specialize in things like networking, building your brand congruency, but all, uh, how do you get on the TV, radio? How do you network? How do you get more referrals? Anything through people is our niche. And so we, we have an eight, um, an eight session program over 50 hours that's specialized for small business owners. And by the way, corporates that want to leverage networking. The other side that we hit is building communities of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It can be so lonely in a small business, no matter what level you're at. Mm. And, and so to be in a community of like-minded, driven entrepreneurs who want to help and support each other and yeah. share from their, their own experiences is, is so important, so beautiful. Mm. Uh, and the other one, of course, is, you know, just direction to be on the business rather than in the business. And what Ascentive does is, you know, rather than hope people naturally how to know how to do it, mm -hmm. you know, we, we provide that ecosystem where people can access all those tools. So that's what Ascentive is. Amazing, amazing. So I have time for one more question, and this is for all the people who will listen to our conversation and view our conversation. What would you say, based on your amazing journey, starting off of paying for your own college uh, education by washing dishes, to a master's degree in engineering, to doing so many amazing things, to writing several books, what would you say are three lessons you would like our viewers and listeners to take back from your journey and our conversation. It's the more you network up, the more you surround yourself with successful people who are more successful than you, you become mm. the average of that yeah. group. So always reach out for people who are more successful because mm. naturally as human beings, we become the average. Yeah. Okay. So find the people who've done what you want to do. Network up. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, where you start doesn't dictate where you end up. Yeah. Just because you haven't had success today doesn't mean you won't tomorrow. So mm -hmm. keep stretching, keep looking, keep learning. And learning doesn't mean necessarily sitting in a classroom. Yeah. It means understanding you're humble enough not to know it all. And you, you can learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. So learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think um, one of my biggest ones being in, this part, of the re in the, this part of the world was, you know, your model of the world doesn't mean it's right. Mm. You know, just because you do something one way doesn't mean that it's the best. And again, if you can be. Wonderful. I think Wonderful. we froze a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Phil, on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for 
your amazing three pieces of advice, which is surround yourself with successful people or people who are better than you. Uh, network up, which is basically second, your advice was keep learning. And third ones, don't just assume that your own uh, ecosystem or what your own learnings are always right. Thank just, you so much. Just add on the, 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 just the, the language there, Ashutosh. I wouldn't say people that were better than you. Mm -hmm. I would say people that are more successful okay. in, which, in whichever way you judge success. Okay, I stand corrected. So people who are more <laughs> successful than you. Uh, but thank you for speaking to me about your books, uh, both Branding Schmanding and Seven Deadly Startup Sins. Thank you also for speaking to me about why you were called the Rebel Networker and about uh, Ascentive. Finally, thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me here today. Thank Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.